Isn't it good to be able to worship Jesus Christ? Amen. Thank you, praise team, and for the special. I didn't know she could sing. Lots of talent here at Pleasant Hill. Amen. Thankful for um, each and every one today. Uh, <clears throat> going to try to preach on uh, something that a lot of us need today in the world that we live in. Uh, hope. There's not a lot of hope. We live in a world that, that puts a picture out of hopeless, amen, but it's far from hopeless when we know Jesus Christ, amen. There's a lot of things you can put your hope in, and there's a lot of things that people do put their hope in, but they'll all fail if it's not in Jesus Christ, amen, and that's, there, there is a difference in hope. It's what you hope in and have your hope in. I, I found this yesterday on Facebook. This is from one of our notorious members. It says, yesterday, talking about hope, it says, yesterday I had a near-death experience that has changed me forever. I had never been so, I, I had never been, so I was so excited to finally get to go horseback riding. Everything was going fine until the horse started bouncing out of control. I tried with all my might to hang on, but I was thrown off. Just when things could not possibly get worse, my foot gets caught in the stirrup, and I fell head first to the ground. My head continued to bounce harder as the horse didn't stop or even slow down. Just as I was giving up hope and losing unconsciousness, the Walmart manager came over and unplugged it. So glad I survived the whole ordeal. I don't know if I ever had the courage to ride again. I hate when that happens. I'll let y'all find out who that is. Amen. Y'all can look them up after church. But we need hope, amen? Need hope in Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's stand and go to Romans chapter 5, one of my favorite all-time chapters uh, in the Bible. Paul wrote the book of Romans, and in chapter 5, man, he nails this in chapter 5 about while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. That's one of his topics. But Paul, in writing the book of Romans here, in, in the very first chapter of Romans, Paul starts off, I'm unashamed of the gospel. And then he goes on into verse 2, and he talks about we're saved by grace through faith in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Then in chapter 3 and 4, he talks about righteousness, our faith, how Moses is. He used Moses, I mean, Abraham as an example, how Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. And then in chapter 5 here, as he starts in verse 1, he talks off with the very first word, justification. He said in the very first verse there, he said, Therefore, having been justified in, in the... And I didn't give this to Michelle, but if you'll look right above that in chapter 4, verse 25, it says, We have been justified. Or, let me get to that. Our justification. Now, Paul talks about our justification. He says, Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad to know you got peace this morning through Jesus? Not about going to church. It's not about your church or your membership, but having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing that you're a child of God this morning, you can have peace with God and have the peace of God of knowing where you're going to spend eternity. Them are totally two different things. But he says in verse 2, through whom we have, now that we have peace with God and we've been justified, in verse 2 it says, through whom we have also, we have access by faith 
into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in what? In the hope of the glory of God. In verse 3 it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now how many of y'all really glory in your tribulations? It says, and not only that, but we have glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character, look at there, there's that word again, hope. In verse 5, now hope does not disappoint, amen. The hope in Jesus, you'll explain that here in a minute. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But I love verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for these words that Paul wrote about in chapter 5 about our justification and how we can have hope in a world that, that Lord, it doesn't have a lot of hope. But we don't have to walk around as Christians with our head down and put our heads in the sand or always feeling scared. But, Lord, we can have confidence in you today. Lord, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. It doesn't matter what happens in the next election. Lord, this world and, and this everything's in your plan. And, Lord, I just pray that you would give us hope today. Because, Lord, we have hope. We have confidence in you and our walk with you and in our calling as we serve you. And everything that we do, Lord, I pray that you'd give us hope today. Open our eyes up, Lord, to show us the love that, that you have surely shed for each and every one of us here today. If there's not one here that's never accepted you as Christ, Lord, I pray today that you would open the eyes of their heart and show them how much... While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Lord, on the cross to pay that price. Lord, we'll give you all the praise today. Everything that you do here, Lord, speak to us in a real way. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Therefore, having been justified by faith. You know, everybody always talking about how the world is. And if you turn your TV on, I guarantee you, Anything that's going to be, you know what the number one, let me ask you, let me see if y'all know. After watching all y'all's TV last week, what was one name that was all over TV all week? <laughs> Look at there, Donald Trump. That's all that I knew. See there, y'all, y'all watch it more than I thought you did. And everybody's always worried about what's this going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to do here. Listen, listen, uh, God's got his plan, and, if, and, and listen, Revelation's being played out before our eyes, and it's going to continue to happen. And that doesn't mean we don't vote and, and, do, and vote for the godly men. And, and, now, listen, I want you to get the message. Of what George said it's come to an end. We might as well just twiddle our Do they make some of these microphones that can follow me? I need a stapler, some duct tape. On Sunday mornings. Now, where was I? Y'all done got me all off track. What, what's the last thing I said? Huh? Yes. But it makes it sound like we're just twiddling our thumbs around today and say, well, we just, you know, we're a child of God. I'm just waiting for Jesus. We still have to live and walk and talk in this world. Paul says we've got to be in the world, but not of the world. 
And that's going to continue to happen until Jesus Christ ultimately comes back and calls his church home or his people home. Is, is We're going to have to live in this world. You can't hide from everything that's ungodly. Because Paul said, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you this. It may get a little more pressure on you on your jobs and in your school and, and more persecution to the church. Maybe that's what the church needs to have revival. Because we've had it pretty easy, amen? And have it easy compared to a lot of third world countries that are trying to have church today. Y'all hear me say all the time, none of us had to sneak to a little building underneath underground at 3 a.m. in the morning under one light bulb and have Bible study because we're afraid we get our heads chopped off. So we have hope in Jesus Christ today, amen. That's why Paul said, therefore, having been justified by faith, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And you've got to remember that. When you get saved, you're not saved just from worldly things. He says that peace with God, the peace you have comes through Jesus Christ. The peace that you have is because of He is your personal Savior. Everybody, you know, we've got to realize the world is always going to be the world. Amen? We expect like the world is going to change and, and they're going to bring revival. That's not going to happen. Revival is not going to happen through the White House. It's not going to happen in the courthouse. It's not going to happen in the schoolhouse. Revival is going to have to start through the church, and the church has got to start being the church. The world is always going to be the world. Amen? We act like because we elect somebody in office, he's going to bring revival, and everything's going to change. Not going to happen. It has to start back. Well, you say, where does it start, Brother George? It's got to start back at everybody's hearts. Everybody thinks just because I preach sometimes that, oh, Brother George is preaching revival for us. He's bringing, I'm not bringing revival. I'm going to bring up what God's doing in my heart and I'm on fire. I told somebody last week, somebody I called visited our church last week. And he said, boy, y'all got it going on over there. And I said, well, I, you know, they were from another church. And I said, well, you know, I didn't know what you heard about Pleasant Hill. You know, they, I mean, we've heard about every story is out there about me. Amen. So I figured... I was going to let you know that, hey, I don't handle snakes. Amen. And everything else has been thrown out there. But here's the deal. I see, Here's the one thing I said. We're on fire for Jesus Christ, and we will not apologize for it. Because we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and Him crucified. And listen, if people get upset over that, wondering what's going on in that, they need to be saved themselves. I love it when other churches and other Christians don't like it because some churches are on fire. I'm happy other churches are on fire. We need other churches. It's just not about us being on fire as a church of God and us doing stuff. We need other churches up and down 70 to be on fire. About the gospel. Hey, living out there. That's what Paul's writing here. He says, man, y'all ought to be excited. This is what it's all about, about being a child of God. You ought to be excited about being a child of God. How many is excited about that? Amen? Listen, the cross and Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that should motivate everything you do for Him. Whether how much you sing, how much you play, how much you serve, how on fire you are, is not about just emotions. It's about what Jesus Christ is doing in your heart is what motivates you. When you came to church this morning, you were motivated because Jesus is in your heart. You've been justified. And then, see, that's why we need to serve Him today is because what He did on the cross for us, 
how Jesus Christ, God gave His only Son at that point, at that time, when we were all yet sinners, He sent His Son to die on the cross for us. If that don't motivate you, but He just didn't die on the cross, He resurrected three days later, Amen. And is sitting on the right hand Father today with the Holy Spirit indwelling us in the church age as the church. We have the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. You're not fighting this battle, these storms, these trials, these tribulations all on your own. God is with you. You have hope. You have hope this morning. Amen. You're not having to raise your family on your own. Now, if you're fighting the Holy Spirit and you're fighting God and you're running from God, you are doing it on your own. You say, man, I just don't have no strength, man. I'm like just, I'm always beat. And a lot of it is not the stress of this world that's beating you down. It's the stress is you're fighting with God. How many of y'all ever get tired of fighting with God? Every one of y'all look like Jacob. Bunch of wrestling around. You see, when we live in a hopeless world, justification, that's what Paul is saying. Therefore, having been, ju- you know what justified means? To be made righteous in the eyes of God. It's to be declared clean, pure, righteous. You say, well, how did I do that? I, I, you, you always say we're all sinners. We are. That's why in verse 5 it said, in due time he sent his son to die for us. See, none of us could be made pure, could be declared righteous to God because we, we, we live in sin. We, we have a sin nature in us. Well, when my little baby's born, I'm putting them in the box and they're not watching TV. And I'm not showing them nothing. And if I keep them away from the world, they'll be righteous. No, it's born in them. You can keep your little child in a box. You can keep it at home and that little booger's going to lie. Amen. Mom and dad, you can keep them in Christian private schools. You can keep them away from the world. You can share from them their whole life. They're going to lie. They're going to tell a story. They can't help it because you give it to them. It's in them. It's a sin nature that's in them. So Jesus Christ, we, we were guilty in the eyes of God. I mean, there was a wall. There was a gulf. There was a separation. God's here and we're here. And Jesus Christ came and Randy talked about it one time. The cross fell across the gulf and bridged away to God. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That gulf has been bridged from the cross, from the blood, that Jesus Christ, the only Lamb of God, that's what John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. When he seen him at the Jordan, that's the first thing he didn't say. There's the prophet, there's the healer. He said, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ was that one sin atonement sacrifice that covered us. That's powerful blood, guys. It didn't just cover me, it covered everybody. For God so loved the world, it covered everybody. They are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. So you've been through being justified. You've been declared righteous. When God looks at you now, He don't look at you as an old rotten sinner that's separated from Him. When He looks through you, He sees Jesus covering you in His blood. He don't see dirty rags. He sees the clean blood of Jesus that washed you white as snow. I love that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Remember that song? What is the name of that song? That's an old hymn. Anybody know the name of it? Huh? Nothing but the blood. Maybe that's what it is. I don't remember. I remember singing as a kid. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ's blood and righteousness. 
Listen, if your life is not built on that, if your walk with Jesus is not built on that, you are, you are walking in your own faith and, you, and your hope is all in about you. We need to be a church and a people that quits putting our hope in everything in the world. Because you could lose your job tomorrow. You could lose your house tomorrow. Did y'all know that? Do you know how close all of us are losing our houses? You say, oh, I got a good job. Who's it financed through? Amen? Not many of us in here have our homes paid for. Some do. But let's not even look in here. Let's look across Garland County. and even, Let's just use Garland County. How many people's homes could lose them just like this? Have a bank shut down, have this, all of our hope that we've been working for? Well, I've been working for retirement. Man, the rug will get jerked out from under you. I don't know how many people that I used to work with that, where I used to work with at Stratcor. I preached about three of their funerals in the past four years. They've been retired for six months. Six months retired, and they took their last breath. And I thought, man, this guy worked 35 years, shift work, graveyard, day shift, and in six months, he's gone. Worried about God. I mean, I've seen this man stay time and neglect his family to make money. And it's gone. Man, that's why Paul said this life we live is like a vapor. We're here for a little while and poof, it's gone. See, salvation and, and, and your, your choice that you make of faith in Jesus Christ, it lasts. It's the only decision that will be the most important thing in 50, 60, 70, 80 years from now is your salvation. No other decision you make this morning, friend, will matter. Salvation, matter. in 60 years, it'll be the greatest decision you ever made. Because most of us in 60 years will be dead, amen? We'll be gone in here. But it'll still, that's why justification, Paul is writing in, in, in chapter 5 here, justification lasts. It don't run out. It lasts to eternity. A lot of people say, well, man, I just got to keep working with it and keep it going. No, when you were justified and declared righteous in the eyes of Jesus, it goes way on past your retirement. It goes beyond the grave into eternity. It'll carry you all the way there forever and ever and ever. Isn't that great? That's hope. That's why hope will not disappoint. That's what that verse said. That's why the hope in Jesus will not disappoint. Listen, if you got your faith in the Baptist denomination, friend, you're in trouble. Well, I've been Baptist for 50 years. My grandpa was a Baptist. He was an old hard-shell Baptist. I don't care if he's a soft-shell, hard-shell, medium taco shell. If you don't know Jesus, amen, if you don't know Jesus, if his hope was in the Baptist denomination, he may not even know Jesus. That's why I don't preach a lot. Listen, I was raised Baptist, but I'm not going to preach Baptist doctrine Sunday after Sunday after Sunday in here how to be a good Baptist. We need to learn how to be a good child of God that's representing and showing the gospel to this community through Jesus Christ. Not about how good Baptist you are or how good a Pentecostal you are or how, how good a Assembly of God you are. It's not about that. Man, if I could preach this and get this across to churches and to some stale Baptists, they believe they're the only ones going to heaven. They're wrong. And that's Bible. That's not an opinion. That's Bible. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Amen? Whoever. So you ain't got a line of fence. If you, if you believe you're the only one going to heaven or you're the only denomination going to heaven, you ain't got a leg to stand on, my friend. Because it's all about justification. Being justified, declared righteous in the eyes of God. Well, Brother George, I went to church for six weeks, and I love it. I've been going to church 45 years, been in my same seat sitting there. We're getting good here, right? I love it. I see a lot of y'all's faith. Y'all are moving around so good. I see people that used to sit over here. They're back over here now. They're afraid I'm going to catch them in the same seat two Sundays in a row. I mean, man, they're moving. And I love that about this church. Man, you don't act like your name's on the bottom of that seat. This is mine. I sit right here. It's our place. We have no place in the kingdom of God but as a sinner saved by grace. That's it. That's the only place we have. It's not your seat. It's not your church. It's not your music. It's not your youth program. Children's ministry. This is all the head of the church, which is Jesus Christ, that justified and died to make us righteous. See, a lot of it, there'd be a whole lot less church problems if we'd start living like we're justified instead of like we own it. Churches would have a lot of problems. We was going, me and my dad was going last year to deer camp. We went through Malvern. And, man, we counted church after church after church. And I'm just looking at Baptists, but there's a lot of other assembly gods and, and all these other ones. But I'm just talking about Baptists I've seen. There's at least 20 of them. And Dad said, man, have you noticed something? He said, I've counted, I've seen at least 20 Baptist churches and they're only like two miles apart. He said, if they would all come together and about 10 of them, 15 of them, they could have the finances to build a nice structure, a nice building, have a nice youth program. Man, they could reach the community. I said, Dad, it'll never happen. That's why they're two miles apart. They couldn't get along when they had 10, 20. How do you think they're going to get along when they all come together? Because it's about them and I and me and what I want. And my grandma always built it like this. And my grandpa always taught it. Listen, if he's not teaching according to the blood and the Bible and the the scriptures of God's word, it don't matter who's teaching if it's just tradition. It's got to be accordance to the word of God and right with the word of God. I know all you tradition here and all your grandpas going to church, y'all probably getting up and leaving right now. I'm just trying to say if our church would get back to living like we're justified, the pure, but break it all down to the blood of Jesus, we would have some on-fire churches. we got so many churches been hurt and been people run off and people talked about and uh, don't like the way their hair is. they got a tattoo. they got an earring. they got the, Oh, that's hogwash. They need to be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ is what you need to worry about. We still got some churches complaining, well, they wear blue jeans up there. <laughs> At least we are wearing something. <laughs> Amen. I get so tired of all this stuff. Well, they're just not scriptural because they do that. Show me in the Word. Amen. David, when David was getting anointed king over Israel, Samuel went through. He didn't look at his outer appearance. He said, man, he's kind of ruddy. He's kind of, he needs to shave a little bit. He's 15, got to have a beard. 
You know, he's, uh, he's dirty and he smells like a bunch of sheep. Let me check the bottom of your shoes, David. He said, Saul, I want you to anoint the one king over Israel. Not according to his outer appearance, but his heart. And here's where revival starts, guys. It's not going to start by having a great speaker, great worship music. We can sing and lift our voices without music. I like it because we added to it. We got people that can play, and that's great. But what if we boiled it all down to, let's strip away all this stuff we've been blessed with and just have church? How many would come back next Sunday to Pleasant Hill if all we did was sing one song, say a prayer, and I started preaching? Amen? How many would come? Because a lot of people today has got to be entertained in the church. If they don't seem good enough, I can't go there. I'll go visit and find me another one. It's not about entertaining. It's not about a fad. Listen, I, I, we always do new stuff here at Pleasant Hill. We seek to reach the people at different ages. Uh, we think out of the box. We do all that. But we're not chasing a fad to be a fad church. Because what happens, all these fancy dudes that wear the skinny jeans and all this stuff, and, and it's a fad to look cool. One of these days, bell bottoms are coming back where they're rolling them up. I can already see it. The 80s are coming back, brother. Look out. They're coming back. Man, here in about six more weeks, I'll have punk hair do all like I did back in high school. Amen. Well, back in high school, I wanted it long, and I got a perm in it. Remember that, Roy? Where's Royce? Did you have one of these? You had one too, baby. I knew it. Me and Royce went to school together. I could have sworn when he, he used to comb it. Coming flybacks and in the straight from here down in the back, it was all real kinky perm. Remember that? Royce had one of them. I told we was on a baseball team together, and I told Moss, I'm gonna get Royce Harrell's got one. <laughs> and so she let me, they said, Go ahead, man. Finally, if you go ahead, I went down and I come out of there and I was the kinkiest thing you've ever seen, man. I mean, I walked around with a mirror like he was just looking at. It, it was curly, man, it was nice. Now, if you ask me where one day, you're crazy because it ain't in style no more. Amen? No way. But see, that's what we can't allow our church to get into. And in, We need to be in style with the gospel week in and week out, week in and week out. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? When you preach Jesus and lift him up, he'll draw all men to him. Because listen, guys. It can be, the rug can be pulled out of any one of us at any time this week. Amen? You can have a lot of money, think you've got a secure job and a nice family, and y'all sit on the third row and dress all the same and look good. And... <laughs> I told somebody the other day, they said, what kind of people go to Pleasant Hill? I said, man, listen, all kinds. I mean, you can have Ozzy and Harriet and their family sitting here, and over here, Ozzy Osbourne and his family over here, man. I mean... All of them. Who knows? If they love Jesus, they're welcome. Amen. But the rug can be pulled out from under you at any time. If you don't believe me, ask Wade. Stand up, Wade. I I man, you was talking about God. Come here, Wade. Look at this. Look at him, man. I got a call. Was it last Thursday? Wednesday. Last Wednesday. A week ago. That uh, they called me and said that Wade had 
had a heart attack and was going to have to have you sit down. He's wanting to go. I can tell him he keeps. <laughs> but they called and said he had a heart attack and said, oh, man, Wade, heart attack? This guy deadlifts. What would you deadlift? Over four. I mean, he works out. He drinks all that protein shake stuff that you mix up and put four or five eggs in it and when I found out he did, I got home that night, Wade, I told Melvin, listen, if Wade Harrell can have a heart attack, you fix me eggs, bacon. I I... Amen. If he can have a heart attack, give me the ham, the bacon. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in style. Amen. I ain't drinking some old nasty protein shake and then die. I'd a whole lot rather to be escorted up to heaven by angels eating a big old piece of ham and egg and a piece of toast than have one of them shakes in my hand standing in front of the gates. Amen? But his world got turned upside down last Wednesday. Going in, he thought, well, we're just going in for some tests. You know, no big deal. Be out in 15, 20 minutes. Stayed in there almost a week. Had triple bypass surgery. Had it last Friday. Stayed in ICU Saturday and Sunday, got put in a regular room on Monday, and then I guess Tuesday, he's home. Wednesday. I, I was up for Tuesday, wasn't I? Wednesday. Yeah, I was up for Tuesday. So Wednesday, he come home. Now he's in church. Man, God's good. Amen. Amen. But what I'm saying is, his, at any, if anybody, anybody thought they was going to go in for heart surgery, I would never have picked Wade. Look at me. Amen. I mean, I, Wade had no idea. He, he even joked around at work and said, I probably had a heart attack last night or something, you know. I don't know. Really, he did. <laughs> I mean, it just jerked out from under you. We have deaths. You know, anything can happen. That's why, that's why, this, that's why I want to read this verse. Back in Romans. Let me get to Romans chapter 5. That's why it says, and not only in verse three, not only that, but we also glorify in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint. If your hope's in Jesus Christ, you can have a heart attack. You can have a heart attack. You say, "Well, what if Wade would have died?" Well, two things would have happened: they did surgery on him, and he'd keep living, or he's going to heaven because he's been covered by the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. But hope does not disappoint. Either way, you're a winner. That's why a lot of people fall apart in trials and storms are coming. They're going to hit our families again this year. You say, not me, Brother George. It's been six years. It's coming. Hang on, baby. Storms are coming. We've had deaths in families in this church. We've had heart attacks. We've had people with cancer. I see it as a pastor just... You know, I, I'm thankful, and I thank God all the time. Man, it's been three months. I hadn't been up to the hospital just a whole lot. Hadn't had to preach a funeral in about four months. I'm really thankful because I'm usually preaching to him all the time. It's been about three or four months, and I hadn't had to do a funeral. That means that somebody I know is not dying yet. Amen. God's using them just a little bit longer somewhere. But we've had people, and it's going to happen this year. There's going to be somebody lose a spouse. There'll be death. There's going to be cancer. What happens when all that takes place? Hope does not disappoint, Paul said. Paul said, listen, I've been thrown in jail. I've been beat. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. I've been cast out of the city for dead. 
But hope does not disappoint when it's in Jesus Christ. Here's what he says, because hope, he said, because tribulation caused me to persevere. Persevere builds character. Character gives me hope. And see, that, that word tribulation, that word tribulation that he's, he's talking about there in verse 3 and 4, he talks about tribulation. Tribulation comes from a word called tribulum. Tribulum is something that they used back in the Roman days. Uh, she'll have a picture. That's, here's a picture right here of a tribulum. The guy's standing on it. And on the bottom side of this tribulum, it's got, it's got spikes. It's got rocks that they put in purposely. It's like a sled, but on the bottom it's got all this metal sticking out about, that, about an inch. And what they do is they pull this. They got their weed up in the, up in the threshing floor, and they run this. They walk this mule or horse or oxen over the wheat. And what it does is it rolls up over it, and then little, little spikes get it, and it rolls it, and it cuts it. It separates the grain from the husk or the hull or the chaff. It separates it. And that's what Paul is using in this meaning of word, that we're all going to go through tribulations, but we have hope. As children of God, we have hope. Why is that? Because we may be run through the ringer. We may be running through some hard stuff, going through some trials. All God is doing is separating us, our Christian character, from our old sinful flesh. So that when at the end, no matter what tribulation or trial I go through, the pure, purified seed stands out. And he goes on to say that's why we have hope in the glory of God through tribulations is because we're separated and somebody sees us on our job, somebody sees that at school, somebody sees that, lives in our community, and they say, wow, what keeps this guy going? And all of a sudden you just continue being separated, 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 and you're just purified, and your life is bringing honor and glory to Jesus, Paul said. That's hope. That's why we go through it. I love that. That was a good study. Y'all need to look that stuff up sometime. That was good stuff. But that's why the word tribulation means tribulum. God is raking us through there and trying to separate us so he can get the glory in this church. Everything we do in this church is not about you and it's not about me. Man, I'll preach that till the day I die here. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, I would love to come to church one Sunday and nobody say one negative word. Out of all these people, nobody. Well, I didn't get to sing my song. I didn't get my way. I don't like who we're calling. I don't like this. I don't want to teach here. I don't like my teacher. If I could come to church one Sunday and everybody be smiling saying, I've had a hard week, but boy, I've been run through the tribulum. <laughs> Some of y'all need a tribulum effect in your life and you may not complain and be so negative anymore once God tries to separate you and set you aside for His honor and glory, you may not be so negative. You may not look like you drunk prune juice. <laughs> Amen? Because some of y'all look like y'all been baptized in lemon juice when you come to church. Well, I've had a hard week. You don't know. It's been terrible. You had the boss I had. It doesn't matter. Or if I could just win the lottery, I'd be happy. No. You'd have a million more problems, amen? And then you'd grab a million times louder. Because, see, when we have that attitude, nothing's never good enough. Until we back up and realize who we are in Jesus Christ and why he died, and we're thankful for that, and we're 
thankful for that. That's all we need. We don't need big houses. We don't need big cars. We don't need all this stuff to make people talk. Talk about me because I'm being glorified. And man, they've been running on me with that tribulum. And man, I've been separated. And I'm being glorified for Jesus. It'd be nice to come to church with nobody griping. Because every Sunday, somebody in here don't like something because they come to me. Now, Brother George, do you know who's doing it? They're leading this, or she's teaching this, or they're going here. They're, they're, shut up! Get on your knees and worship Jesus. And be thankful that you've been justified by His blood. you got a home in eternity. Quit worrying about the little nitpicking stuff and work for Him. Serve Him. Work out your salvation. Well, they said about that. That hurt my feet. I don't know if I'll come back. Well, go to another church. Good Lord. Well, I think I will, and I'll call ahead and tell them you're coming because you'll act just like that over here like you did here. Because you're always chasing a fad and not the real thing, which is Jesus Christ. By the way, with this, I love this new pastor's prayer group we're in. I love it. Because when one member leaves one church and goes to another, they call each other. You ain't slipping in blind on us now. Now, we've had some. I've had some comments. Oh, Brother George, they're great. They're great workers. They moved on that side of town. They're just looking for a church. You'll really love them. Thank you. And they've been good. They've been some. Watch your back. They didn't cause nothing but trouble and strife and just, man, it was just bye, 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 bye. Thank you. I'll put that in my little book. See what I'm saying? We've got to get back into church of realizing why we do church. Let me ask you all, why don't we do church here at Pleasant Hill? I, I hope it's to glorify God more. Sometimes I wonder. I'm just being honest. We got leaders sometimes. I'm, I'm chasing rabbits, and that's fine. Give me ten more. It'll be all right. You'll be good. But we got leaders that don't even go to Sunday school, and they want to lead and be up here on front. But they can't go to class. But they want to be glorified. Ooh, that's tough, Brother George. No, I'm tired of playing around with it. Let's get on and glorify Jesus then. If we love him and say we love him, let's do it. I'm not getting on you and I'm not mad. When God lays this on my heart, I'm going to preach it whether it makes you mad or not. Because I don't answer to you one day. I answer to Jesus one day. And you'll leave this church and go on somewhere else. I still got to preach and answer to him. Amen? I'm thankful for the people we have here. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for your dedication. There's some been here since I've been here for 14 years. Man, they have hung in there through thicker things. It's the bullfrogs I'm scared of that hop from church to church to church to church and then come back. We ain't changed. It's the same. We're doing the same old thing, so just hang in there, okay? 
We're preaching Jesus. We're proud of our justification. You may hop in 10 years and come back. I'm going to be preaching the same. Amen. We may be doing stuff, different methods to reach people and doing stuff and doing more hip stuff to reach them and this, but we're still preaching Jesus. And I don't think I give you none of this I'm preaching, did I? But see, this is why, listen, you want to renew your hope in God, you, you need to, listen, church should be important to you. You want to renew your hope in God and live like you have hope this morning. Live like a child. You've got, you've got, church should be important. And until it becomes important, you're not going to have hope. Because, yes, I did make it sound like, well, there's a bunch of naysayers up there. No, we got a lot of great loving people. We just got one or two knuckleheads. Amen? We got a house full of great people here. We're not perfect. You come join this church, we'll mess you up. Because we ain't perfect. Look at their pastor. I am who I am by the grace of God. That's what Paul said. Now listen, we, if you want to renew your hope in God this morning, you need church. You say, well, why do I need church? I, I can worship God in a deer stand. I can worship Him on Lake Washington on my boat. I can worship Him when I'm rabbit hunting. When I, I can worship Him over in that new outlet mall girl they built over in Little Rock. I can worship Him in there. You can worship God outside of this building. You can. I mean, there's nothing saying it. That, that this church is the only place you can worship. But you miss a lot of stuff that go in help you spiritually grow that you can't get off of TV preaching or out of a deer stand. Number one, listen, that, that rug I was talking about could be pulled out from under you. You need encouragement. And every Sunday we meet here, listen, guys, that's why I was getting that point a while ago. And some of y'all may be sitting there stewing still mad at me, but that's all right, you get over it. If all we do is come in here negative and talk about how bad church is, let me let you on a little secret as a leader of this church 14 years. We're never going to have it perfect. Now, I'm chasing perfection. I'm chasing to be the best I can be, have the best ministry and the best church, but we're always going to have flaws. But listen, we got a whole lot of good stuff in here that outweighs them flaws. Amen, Dwayne? we got a lot of people who love the Lord in this church. There's a lot of people who love this church that are dedicated to this church. That's why I'm saying you need, you can worship Him everywhere, but you're going to miss out. I tell you what, I'm here every Sunday to encourage you, but you're also here to encourage me. Amen? Yeah, I hope I encourage you through my preaching. But, man, you encouraged me on the same time. I say, man, Brother George, that word you spoke, man, that went to my heart. It just, man, it just changed me. I've been doing this, blah, 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 blah. It was through Jesus that he did it. That's encouragement. But we're here to encourage. Go to that Hebrews chapter 10, Michelle. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much more as the day is approaching. That word exhort, that's encourage. We meet here to encourage each other. I pray. Now listen, if, you, if it didn't happen, something's wrong. But everybody in here that walked in these doors, 
I prayed somewhere, somehow, somebody shook your hand. said, man, it's glad to see you today. Glad to have you. If that didn't happen to you, we got something wrong in our church. We're not exhorting. We're not encouraging. How many in here got told that today? Be honest, raise your hand. Said, glad to see you, glad to have you here. How many of that happened to? We got a few that didn't. See, there's areas we can work on to be better encouragers. Well, I'm in a hurry, Brother George. I got to preach. I got to teach. I got to do this. I'm, I'm just going here. And listen, I catch myself on Sunday. Sundays is busy. And I don't say a lot to some of y'all sometimes because I just, he just walked out past me. He didn't say hi. Do y'all ever see me walking like this on Sunday? Do you ever see me walking like this on Monday? It's all week. But on Sunday, I'm here, I'm there, I'm here. But we got to stop because we, we always think we got to have the right, perfect sermon, the perfect worship, the perfect music, the perfect teaching. If you've studied, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to a remembrance, and he will anoint you, and it will be what God wanted it to be. So here the last few Sundays, I've been standing at the Welcome Center, shaking hands when they come in and talking because I'm so busy about, got to preach, got to preach, got to preach. And so I've been trying to slow down, just, hey, glad to see you, man. You and your kinky hair and everything, glad to have you. Because I get busy as a pastor wanting to have the perfect service, do this, do that, and don't slow down and say, Holy Spirit, Jesus, it's about you. It's not about me trying. I want to, now listen, don't get me wrong. We should want to give our best. There's a difference. Don't be lazy, amen. Give your best. But just slow down and let God be God. Let's slow down in this church and let God be God. And He's going to continue to grow this church. We're not trying to reach 700 before August. Okay? One at a time. One at a time, 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 one at a time. Hold up, I'm going to take my shoes off. One at a time. I'm not in competition with no church, no ministry, one at a time. I mean, y'all say that real quick. One at a time. That's what God's looking for, one at a time. One at a time to see their lives changed. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to take time to do this. I know if y'all's got a roast on, you better hope you got it on low. <laughs> guys, the guys that I say come up, y'all come up a minute. Because listen, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one. Man, we need to encourage one another. Let's go out of our way next Sunday when we show up here to encourage somebody. If you see somebody sitting back here by themselves with their head down in their Bible, stop. And just say, hey, man, glad to have you this morning. Glad you came. What's your name? Well, I don't know nobody at that church. I just fixed your problem. Stop. Don't stop dropping roll now, okay? Just stop. And ask them, hey, how you doing? Glad to have you here this morning. That's how we get to know each other in this church. You're not going to know nobody if you sit in the back. As soon as the last thing, me and you look like a 50-yard dancer. 
Well, I can do a 4-2 to my car. Well, that's good, but you'll never know us. Amen. Slow down. One at a time. One at a time. Here's what we're going to do today. I told them to do this from the teenagers up because they're the ones that they're still they're responsible if they can do this. But for the little kids, you'll have to ask your mom and dad or help them. I've got index cards. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to partner up. What I mean by partner up, everybody in here is going to get an index card. Y'all can go ahead and start passing them out. They're going to start giving you an index card right now. It's going to take a little bit to do this. We're going right into the invitation after this. So, How many of y'all has got a pen? You better start digging. Better start digging. If you ain't got one, borrow one. Hey, hey, guys, somebody in the back. Mr. James, go in my office and get that box of pens underneath my... There's a whole box. Bring that whole box. We're going to take time for this. Everybody get a card. It's very easy what we're going to do. It won't take you five minutes a day to do this. Maybe less. Everybody get a card. James will bring some pens. Here he comes. Yeah, come on in here, James. Yeah, y'all. How many does not have a pen? Raise your hand. They're coming. They're coming. Hey, guys, y'all help him pass out some pens. Raise your hand again. You need a pen. Raise your hand. Keep it raised. If y'all need a pen, raise your hand. Keep it raised. They'll miss you. Over here, Brother Doug. Right there, Brother Doug. There's a whole bunch over there. He's throwing them now. Look out. Anybody need right here? Anybody need any pens on this side? Right back here. There you go, Jeff. Right here. We got any, Anybody need a pen? Right through here. Right here. Right here. Right here, any pens? How about right here, any pens? This is no excuse Sunday. I ain't letting you get by. This is no excuse Sunday. Yeah, you don't have no excuse today. We're going to do that one day. I'm going to make a no excuse Sunday. We're going to have a no excuse Sunday service. Okay. Praise team, y'all might want to come on up. No, wait a minute. Before y'all come up, y'all need a card. Okay, here's what I want you to do. You know, we go around and we shake hands on Sunday morning, okay? I see some of y'all from here, y'all way back here. I don't want you to go to your best friend. I don't want you to go to somebody sitting right beside you. Oh, my wife. No. This is partnering up. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to go to somebody... Let's just say I go to Misty, and I, and I have my car. Let me borrow your card, man. Let me borrow your pen. Give me your wallet. <laughs> say I go there, and I say, all right, Misty, listen, I want to I wanna be your partner. Of, I want to partner up with encourager. I need your name and number and phone number. And person next week, I'll give her my name and phone number and address. Let's send a card. Let's make a call. Let's encourage you. This is your accountability partner. 
Okay? If they're not in church next Sunday, that way y'all won't be bombarding the preacher. Where are they at? Have you seen so-and-so? <laughs> Call them. <laughs> Call them. This is your accountability partner. If they're not here next Sunday, Call and ask why. Say, hey, now don't, now listen, don't be a bulldozer. You know, don't go, hey, we missed you down at church down there, man. You know what? God's going to get you. You don't come to church. Don't be a bulldozer. Say, hey, man, we missed you all today. Just want to let you know I'm your partner. I'm praying for you, but we missed you. They may say, hey, we were sick. Pray for us. Well, there you go. That's what you can pray about. But get you an accountability partner. Look around the services today. Now, listen, you say, well, I really don't know her. That's the whole point of this, that we get to know each other and encourage each other better because we're growing. Amen? You exchange. However you want to do it. Y'all, when you get to each other and get your name and address, don't go home with your name. Exchange them. Exchange them, okay? So then we'll all have accountability partners. Don't get your wife. Here we go. Everybody stand. Now listen, guys. Hey, we got about five or six minutes here is all we got. You can make it all the way through in that time. Go find somebody and be your account. Partner up with them. Go now. Go. Cross the building. Go. Go. Stand up and go. Okay, here we go, guys. We're going. Everybody get your name. Y'all go ahead and start playing now. If if you have somebody you want to pray with today, who's going? I know I had some folks that wanted to uh, come up for prayer this morning. Miss Terry, Elmore, and some of the other ones. But the altars are open. They're going to sing a verse of song here. And then we're going to dismiss one verse. One verse. Hey, you may want to pray with that new partner you just heard.